Welcome back to Tea Time Reports, everybody. Brandon here with you, bringing you the next episode of the Windy City Reports installment. And man, am I excited. It is currently 12.45 a.m. Sunday, September 10th. It is officially Bears and Patchers Day. I had to wait until midnight to get this out so I could fully, fully embrace the fact that the day has come. Justin Fields leading the Chicago Bears into Soldier Field primetime television against the fucking daunted hated rivals green bay packers i got my justin fields jersey laid out right next to me on my bed i'm going to the Rays game tomorrow then i'm zooming home to get the kickoff of this game and where i'm going to get right into what i feel like is the biggest key to this game and that's going to be justin fields jf1 qb1 and what he's able to do in this game for this offense in the first game of the season and the first game of the season in which he's entering a season with the most pressure he's probably ever faced in his entire career. But he doesn't let that get to him. I, I know he doesn't. But I just, I didn't want to touch on more so the game than I did just Justin Fields as a whole and some takeaways I got from him this past week leading up to this game throughout Packers week. And some things that just really stood out to me is how much of a student of the game Justin Fields is. A report came out he's always always asking questions in the film room you would expect that from any quarterback let alone your QB1 your franchise quarterback but someone like Justin the reports are he's been doing this since high school since college he's always been a student of the game and as far as like asking the head coach or the defensive coaches like what am I looking at here what defense am I seeing um, and just sort of getting picking their brain and helping him better understand what he's looking at as far as the defense in front of him and that's that's gotta fucking just make any Bears fan ecstatic because we all know that his problem has been reading the defense and taking a lot of sacks because of his ability or lack thereof to read the defense and get the ball out go through his progressions and when reports are coming out that he's in the, in the training room with coach Eberflus asking Eberflus question after question Eberflus is a defensive minded guy and Eberflus is right there with him developing that relationship answering every single question that Justin has and it's just really cool to see that relationship develop between your head coach and your quarterback one and it just it just goes to show that I think we have our guy both at head coach and quarterback and a lot of Bears fans already do feel that way and should feel that way and another thing that just really is a testament to Justin Fields is just his work ethic and his ability to just dial in and be focused. He's ready to go. He's come out and said it. Teammates are coming out and saying it. And they're saying there's a new level of focus that is just emitting off of Justin Fields right now. And he came out saying the other day, whatever I have to do for this team to win, that is what I am going to do with a cold stare on his face. Not an emotion in the world, just ready to fucking come in and do work and handle business. I cannot wait to see what he can do on the field, not only just this season, but week one later on today at Soldier Field against Green Bay. And Green Bay is missing Christian Watson, their wide receiver one. Romeo Dobbs is also questionable, but he's looking like he's going to play. He was a participant in practice Thursday. Um, Christian Watson wasn't. But still, that's wide receiver one and wide receiver two right off the bat for a brand new quarterback. And they have a rookie tight end. I am going to drop my predictions now. 
I, I dropped it in the last episode, but I'm actually going to change it now because of Christian Watson being out and because of Romeo Dobbs' injury and some other keys of the game. I think if we're able to contain Aaron Jones in the run game and get some pressure on Jordan Love, which we all know that pressure is our biggest issue. We had none of that last year, but that's why we brought in Ngakwe. That's why we brought in Demarcus Walker. If we can get pressure on Jordan Love, he's going to rattle. In Soldier Field, it's going to be sold out. The fans are going to be there. The fans are going to make themselves heard. I promise you that. Soldier Field is going to be rocking tomorrow. And if we can limit Aaron Jones, and if our front seven and our trenches, we can win the battle of the trenches on the defensive side, I think we're going to, I'm going to predict we win this game 28-14 to 14 by two touchdowns. I really do. And I think Justin Fields is really going to come out and have a really good game. But 28-14 to 14 is my prediction. Right now, the Bears are favored. Um, by one, which I know, especially being the home team, you're usually given about three points. So that just goes to show you that a lot of people actually, or Vegas actually, is sort of leaning more towards the Packers here. Um, but it's this is a game that you definitely want to stay away from betting-wise. Um, ESPN is giving the Bears a 51.5% chance, which, I mean, that's nothing you ever really want to pay much attention about. The over-under is 41.5. I think it's going to go over that based off my prediction. And we're looking at a beautiful, beautiful Chicago, Illinois day. 79 degrees with a slight overcast and nice and sunny. 4 p.m. kickoff coverage is on Fox. America's Game of the Week based off where you're at in your local listings. But, I mean, coming off a 3-14 and 14 season, we already know the importance behind this, the game and the rivalry alone. But no matter if this was the Tampa Bay Bucks coming in here or... The Miami Dolphins, no matter who it was coming in here, we want to always, always make sure you get off on the right foot, especially at home, especially going into the type of year that we're going into and being the worst team last year record-wise. You know, So there's a lot, lot that goes into this game, a lot of expectations, a lot of hype around it. Um, Robert Tanyan just came out um, yesterday on Friday as listed as questionable going into this, going into this game and officially made the injury report. Uh, other than that, everybody else is completely healthy. Everybody else were full participants in practice. Um, obviously, besides Tevin Jenkins, he is out. Cole Komet was sort of limited, but he's off the injury report. He's active, ready to go. Um, Jaquan Brisker, Eddie Jackson, Nate Davis, Demarcus Walker, all active. All were full participants at practice. So you'd love to see that. And speaking of Jaquan Brisker, um, he had a press conference the other day and made some very very good comments that every Bears fan I know already heard, and I know they loved everything they, they heard. Quote, I hate Green Bay. People hate Green Bay. This is their first time seeing me, and they're going to fucking see me. Uh, well, I should have unquoted before that, but you know what I'm saying. He said they're going to see me, and I know they're going to fucking see him, man. Jaquan Brisker is a baller. He is going to show up, and he is going to show out this game. I know he is. Watch out for a sneaky Jaquan Brisker interception calling it right now um on another note ryan poles at the clemson and duke game this past um not this past weekend but uh monday night i think it was on labor day when they played and you like to see that you really do um not so much the teams but just the fact that he's going out and actually doing his due diligence and he's not just sending the scouts out there he's just going out there himself evaluating talent you know he likes to build to the draft you know he's a very good evaluator of talent, or at least has a good war room around him that's 
really, really efficient with evaluating talent. Um, but like I said, I'd, I'd rather see him go to like a SEC game or like a Big Ten game. Um, shit, even, even a Colorado game with all the transfers they have. But a team like Clemson that's not really adapting to this new way of life in college football through NIL, through the transfer portal. And they don't really have any household names on Clemson anymore. And a team like Duke, you know, I'd rather see him at a game like Colorado and Oregon, which, who you know, he still might be there. You never know. But I'm probably not because the season's about to start. But, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather see him at some place like that instead. But it's just it's cool that he's going out there and he's just seeing what's available and he's doing his own due diligence to evaluate talent coming into this year's draft because we all know the draft capital that we have. Week one depth chart did come out. Nathan Peterman officially listed as the number two quarterback. Um, Tyson Badgett moved down the QB three. Honestly, I'm not surprised. Everybody in the Bears community was shouting for the Badgett QB two, Badgett QB two. And yes, that's sort of what it looked like at first, especially after Peterman got waived. We released PJ Walker, but we just we we um, we got rid of Peterman just to bring him back on, obviously, and we brought him in at the QB two spot, which makes more sense i'm completely okay with it nonetheless i just really wanted to see tyson badgett on the roster in the quarterback room whether it was qb2 or qb3 but it's it's really unrealistic to think about it that tyson badgett an undrafted rookie quarterback can fill in as a legitimate asset in the qb2 role in the nfl you know what i'm saying nathan peterman makes sense He's been around for some time. He's pretty much a career backup. But that does not mean that it's still not a competition nonetheless. And that's what I like about it. Because for whatever reason, if one of them needs to be available, they got to be available and there's going to be a competition between them. And we all know the, the volatility of Justin Fields, for lack of a better term. And how he could just just with his running ability and the way he likes to play, how anything can just go wrong in the blink of an eye, which is very unfortunate, but that's just the nature of the beast, you know. But it's still a competition, which I like, so who knows, throughout the year, Tyson Badgett might make some leaps and bounds and improvement and leap Nathan Peterman for that QB2 spot. But it's just cool to see them some type of competition, and Badgett can now learn from Peterman and Fields and just figure out how we can best become an asset to the quarterback room. And I just, I really hope that that does end up happening because I would love to see Tyson Badgett as our quarterback too. But you got to make sure he's ready. And I have no doubt in my mind that the coaching staff and the front office will get him ready and will know when he's ready to step into that role. Khalil Herbert listed as RB1. Deontay Foreman as RB2. Roshan Johnson, RB3. Travis Homer, RB4. All four of them will be getting play time. Travis Homer more so on special teams. Roshan Johnson, I think will get a good amount of carries in week one. I really do. I think he'll outshine Deontay Foreman a little bit, but I don't even want that to happen as much as I just want the Bears' rushing attack as a whole to just pick up where it left off last season. Because Deontay Foreman is no slouch, man. He really isn't. And as much as I want to see Rojo really just blossom into a star, I want to see what Deontay Foreman can do do for us. You know what I'm saying? DJ Moore, wide receiver one. Darnell Mooney, wide receiver two. Chase Claypool, wide receiver three. 
kind of surprised that Velas Jones is still on the roster. I've already touched on that. Um, Equinemius St. Brown, Velas Jones, Tyler Scott, Trent Taylor round out the, the rest of the wide receiver depth chart. Um, Cole Komet tied in one. Robert Tanyan tied in two. Like I said, questionable, but we still have Mercedes Lewis and Steven Carlson, which I'm fine with. Um, Kari blasting game at fullback. Braxton Jones starting left tackle. Cody White here is actually moving to left guard. Lucas Patrick is filling in for the center position. Nate Davis is starting at right guard. Darnell Wright starting at right tackle with um, Larry Barham, Jatari Carter, Dan Feeney, and just those three as the as the backup offensive lineman for now while Doug Kramer and Tevin Jenkins are on IR. Moving on to the defense, we're, we're running a base 4-3 defense this year. That's just typical scheme for Allen Williams and Matt and Coach Ibafus. That's just what they know. It's what they excel in. And I really think they've built this defense with the right pieces to where it's really going to blossom and you're going to see maximum results out of this defense. Maybe not right away, but come midseason, especially going into next season, this Bears defense, I'm predicting, will be back to what we know it as. Yannick Ngakwe starting the left defensive edge. Andrew Billings starting at defensive tackle, um, left defensive tackle. Justin Jones starting at right defensive tackle. Then Demarcus Walker's getting the start on the right edge um, opposite from Yannick Ngakwe. Rasheem Green, Zach Pickens, Javon Dexter Sr., Dem Dominique Robinson, and Khalid Kareem all fill in the backup spots on that defensive line. We move into to the linebackers. Your W linebacker is going to be TJ Edwards. Your Mike linebacker is going to be Tremaine Edmonds. Then your um, your sub linebacker is going to be Jack Sanborn. Noah Sewell, Demarquis Gates filled out the backup linebackers for that role. Jalen Johnson is going to be CB1 with Kyler Gordon listed as CB2, but we all know he's going to be playing in the slot, and Tyreek Stevenson will be playing that unofficial cornerback two role. Jalen Jones and Josh Blackwell fill up the third slots on that depth chart. Jaquan Brisker, strong safety one. Eddie Jackson, free safety one. Quindell Johnson, Elijah Hicks fill out the two backup roles for those safety positions. I'm really, really comfortable with where this defense is right now as far as just on paper. Now everything has to flourish and pan out the way we want it to, obviously, but this is one of arguably the best defenses on paper on a Bears team that I've seen since the Brian Urlacher, Lance Briggs, Charles Tillman days, bro. I mean, our linebackers, TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, Jack Sanborn. That, by the end of the year, I guarantee you will be a top five linebacking combination. Defensive line, if Zach Pickens and Javon Dexter pan out, Andrew Billings is still no slouch. They can cause fucking havoc on the interior of that line and that just opens the floodgates for Demarcus Walker who had seven sacks last year I believe and very limited amount of play time as well Yannick Ngakwe opens up the floodgates for him as well someone who's never had less than eight sacks in his entire career just imagine then you have the secondary with Jalen Johnson Jaquan Brisker Eddie Jackson Tyreek Stevenson and Kyler Gordon dude just imagine what that can be I cannot wait to see if that really pans out for us um, starting place taker Cairo Santos picked him up for fantasy. Shout out to you, my man. I had to get a Bears player on my team somehow, some way. Trenton Gill is our punter. Right now, it has Trent Taylor listed as our starting punt returner. Then Velas Jones will be doing the kick returns. 
with Tyler, Tyler Scott right behind him. So I would not be surprised if we end up seeing Tyler Scott taking kick returns sooner than later. But I like the fact that Trent Taylor is doing punt returns. Someone who's reliable, I feel a lot more comfortable having him back there than I do Vilas Jones Jr. But that rounds out the depth chart for week one, at least. And one thing that Eberflus did say is that just this isn't the depth chart for the entire season. Obviously, this is just the depth chart for week one. This is subject to change based on how we see fit. Um, one thing, I want to give a shout out to the training staff of the Bears. I really do. We made it through the majority of OTAs, the majority of minicamp, and just offseason in general with no injuries. Then we kind of got hit with a pretty pretty harsh injury bug towards the start of preseason and throughout preseason. But this training staff has been dialed in, and they were dialed in again as far as just getting these players on the right track to recover and be healthy. And we had a lot of concerns injury-wise. There was a lot of names on that list, a lot of um, did not practice, a lot of limited participants in practice that included um, – Eddie Jackson and Cole Komet and Jaquan Brisker, Nate Davis, Demarcus Walker, Demarcus Walker, a lot of them. And now all of them are healthy and ready to go. And even Darnell Wright had an injury scare as well. Um, Cody Whitehair had an injury scare as well. Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, all of them were dealing with injuries. Um, and, they're, and they're really back at full strength from what it seems. One thing I didn't want to get on to as well, um, I touched on Chris Jones and the rumors around him coming to Chicago potentially. Seems like, I mean, for now, it's sort of out of the water. Now, I say that with the Chiefs having just lost to the Lions on Thursday Night Football, and Chris Jones was there in attendance, and you could see that they were definitely missing him, and there's definitely a difference on that defensive line without Chris Jones, and it worked to his favor. He has the leverage now, but there has been sources coming out saying that the Chiefs really do not intend to trade him, which obviously you would expect that. But if he's not willing to accept the deal, then you really have no other option until he's a free agent, you know. he's just Or he's just going to hold out and not play for you. And you just keep finding him. Nobody wants to deal with that, though. But as of now, it looks like it's sort of on hold. But I still feel the same exact way about it. Another thing, Brian Burns is apparently holding out. And he's, he's still likely to play in the season opener. But there was reports about him holding out due to just lack of contract movement and lack of making progress as far as just talking with the organization and progressing with his with his contract. I honestly would rather have Brian Burns than Chris Jones, mainly because I really want to see Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens just fill into that role right away, and we need edge rushing more than anything. I mean, we had it with Khalil Mack. That's what we know as a Bears fan. We had it with Robert Quinn. Him on the other side of Yannick Ngakwe, dude, that's a top 10 defense this year. Maybe even top 5. I shit you not. But I I would bet more on Chris Jones being likely than Brian Burns. And I think we would have to pay less for Brian Burns as well. So that's another reason why I sort of lean that way. Comparing him and Chris Jones and making that acquisition. Both of them are just absolute studs. And both of them would immensely, immensely increase the overall talent, efficiency, production of the Chicago Bears defense. Then Kevin Warren, CEO of the Chicago Bears, came out with some comments recently throughout this week leading up to the Packers game. He really embraces the pressure that comes along with his job of being CEO of the Bears. He's looking forward to the day that we can deliver a Super Bowl trophy to the Chicago Bears. And he's just, that's been consistent ever since his opening introduction press conference 
with the Bears, freshly as being coming brought on as his as CEO of the Bears. And that was the first thing he said. I want to bring a Super Bowl to the fan base of Chicago, to the town of Chicago, to the organization of Chicago, and I'm ready to take on this challenge with everything I have in me. And he's still living by that, and he's definitely making changes here. You can see it from the top all the way down to the bottom, whether it's Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, even the players now. Everybody is bought in. I can't remember if it was Thursday or Friday. Eberflus had his press conference after practice. I think it was Thursday, and he was asked um, sort of what the expectations are for the season. Is it winning the division? Do you look past that? What What are your guys' expectations? He answered, quote, Number one goal is to win the division, then go on to winning the conference, then on to winning the Super Bowl, um, unquote. Those aren't comments that we've been known to sort of live by or have expectations for or even think about in the last fucking however many years, dude. Even the year we went 12-4, and four, like I don't think anybody realistically thought that team could compete for a Super Bowl. But that's just the confidence and the culture that we're sort of transitioning into here as an organization as a team and like i said it's from the top all the way down to the bottom warren has poles bought in poles has eberflus bought in eberflus has the players bought in and they're picking the right players to join this culture and to really gel with this culture and things are different in chicago i will say that again things are different and I really do mean that. And it doesn't take anything more than a casual football fan to understand that as long as you understand just what it takes to win as far as just the, the overall environment and the culture and setting the foundation with that. Then you build through the draft. Then you pick and pluck your pieces and the right fits and see if they execute on the field, get the right coaches in there. But step one is getting everybody bought in. That's just leadership in general 101. And from the top, Kevin Warren being the leader, he's emulated it down all the way through. And because of that, I truly feel like things are different in Chicago. And we have a lot, a lot to look forward to and to be excited for. Because think about it. Even if this season does not pan out, Justin Fields, for fucking whatever reason, knock on wood, I wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemy. No, I would never, ever wish this or think about this, or want this to happen, but for whatever reason, Justin Fields has a subpar season, or doesn't live up, and just continues on the same path, we're still sitting with, what, two top five, two top ten picks going into this draft, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm not worried, I'm not, no matter what happens with Justin Fields, with our quarterback position, the overall trajectory of this Bears franchise, I am not worried at all. I full-heartedly trust in the organization now. And I might be wrong. I might eat my words for this one day. I might get heartbroken. I hope I don't. But, dude, there's just something different. I've noticed it from the start with this new regime. And they keep proving me right with the moves they're making, with the drafts they're making, with the culture changes and just the way they handle themselves as individuals, as a team, as an organization makes me feel that way. I think that's a great time to end it. Thank you all for tuning in once again. And as always, bear the fuck down and fuck the Packers.
Peace.